0: Just go to indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: What's up, everybody? This is Rob from the Striking Gold Podcast. It's here, week one, 2021 NFL season. Your San Francisco 49ers are going to take on the Detroit Lions this Sunday at 4 Field. Uh, This week, we're going to try something a little different. KP and I are going behind enemy lines uh, to join our friends at the Pride Podcast, also covering the Detroit Lions, also of the Blue Wire Network. We're going to bring you perspectives and opinions from both sides of the fields. We hope you enjoy it. KP and I will catch you on Sunday after the game for our rapid reactions. Without further ado, here's our collaboration between Striking Gold and the Pride Podcast. Peace.
2: Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the pride podcast and the striking for gold podcast on the blue wire network. I am your host Tyler and before we have a bunch of confusion for Lions fans, we got a bunch of confusion for 49ers fans. 49ers fans right now are like, who the hell is Tyler and why is he speaking on my feed right now? Cause they don't know who this voice is right now. So we are doing a collaboration, uh, collaborative podcast. I can't even speak right now. Uh, both blue wire podcasts, lions niners week one, we are less than four days from week one of the NFL season, officially being here where the lions and niners will square off at Ford Field for the official start of the 2021 season. And obviously since our last breakdown for our last breakdown for lions fans, um, a lot has changed. You know, we got a whole new regime coming in. We have a whole new quarterback. We damn near have a whole new team here, uh, uh, you know, representing the Detroit Lions now. And as far as the San Francisco 49ers, obviously these guys are going to know a lot more than I will. But they got a new quarterback, which they drafted with the third overall pick, who was my favorite quarterback prospect in this whole draft, Trey Lance. Uh, we'll get into him, obviously, when we start talking about the San Francisco 49ers offense. But just a lot to get into. So, you know, with that. with that being said... Malcolm, Pierre, my boys, how are you boys doing today? Woo!
3: I'm excited. <laughs> Football is on Sunday. We're going to be at Ford Field, so I'm excited.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, me and Pierre will be at Ford Field uh, representing the Lions week one. New start of the new Lions era of Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes. I'm excited. But now for our Niners friends, Rob, KP, not Kyle, uh, not Christoph Sporzingis, Kyle Posey. How are you boys doing today? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well, man. Just excited for football. You know, by the time you guys are listening to this, it's going to be time for uh, the week one, Dallas and Tampa Bay. I'm excited for that game, obviously. Um, we got a lot to break down, so let's get into it. We're going to start off with the Detroit Lions offense versus San Francisco 49ers defense, which we know. The San Francisco 49ers defense is a really good defense. Obviously, their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, was my favorite candidate in the offseason. He got another head coaching job, not in Detroit, but with the Jets. So, obviously... What he was doing was, you know, good enough to get a head coaching job. And, you know, it's got a big say in the NFL right now. So, you know, with that being said, let's we'll start off with the injury report. So we'll start off with the Niners injury report. Rob, KP, whoever wants to take over this. You know, what's the Niners injury report looking for, you know, on Wednesday?
1: Well, the, the it's tough to say how serious it is right now. I mean, I'll just go through the players. You got Kevin Givens, who is a, a defensive tackle, just one of the 49ers, just part of that insane depth. Um, he's a guy that can make plays, but he's, he's definitely not a starter. Jalen Hurd, who was a former third round pick that has never seen the field for the 49ers, uh, two consecutive season ending injuries. He's still trying to rehabilitate his knee. Apparently it's still giving him problems. Javon Kinlaw. That's a big one. Uh, it didn't seem like Kyle Shanahan was too concerned, but that's pretty much the, uh, the diesel engine and at the center of the defense. Um, he's essentially the guy that they picked to replace DeForest Buckner when they traded him away. So that's a, that's a big deal that he's not playing, but it's kind of just, it seems like they've been really careful with him all offseason. Um, to me, and KP, you could tell me how you feel about this. To me, the biggest injury on that list is quarterback, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley being out with a knee injury. Um, because if there's one position group for the 49ers that can't really take a hit, uh, it's corner. So I don't know, what are your, uh? what are your thoughts? And then obviously you have Trey Lance, who's kind of coming back from, uh, you know, a, a slightly chipped finger, which not too big a deal but i don't know kp what are your thoughts on that on the on that injury report and what it means for the game
4: yeah i think lance is going to be fine he was throwing today in practice some of the beat reporters who were on hand said it has to be mosley though right just because you mentioned like they drafted two cornerbacks but both of them were on day three of the draft and with mosley he already had a hamstring strain during training camp and now it's not even that it's a knee injury so it's been a couple separate injuries and we haven't even got to a real game yet so It's definitely concerning knowing that Jason Verrett, the other starter, has an injury history too. So if anything happens, to either of those two are relying on, you know, day three rookies who you didn't expect to play right away or didn't expect to play on day one. And to replace them is Josh Norman, who is like 45 years old
1: and (laughs) hasn't
4: played played at a high level. Let's be honest. People, when you see these big names, you instantly think of when they were like at their peak, when they're at – he was an All-Pro in 2015. We're like, why are we even talking about this right now? At that
2: cornerback yeah. position too, which is you decline very quickly at, oh, at that cornerback oh, position. Quick. Especially as Malcolm says, when you hit 29, 30, get rid of them. <laughs> get get rid, rid of them.
4: Trade them. Cut them. Do something. <laughs> Father time, he will get you no matter what uh, when you hit that 30-year 30 30-year-old 30 mark. So, um, yeah, it's definitely concerning. But we will talk about the team that they're playing and will their receivers be able to take advantage.
2: Well, I think these guys get a little spoiled, too. You know, we mentioned when our corners get 30 because we were in a regime that was just so heavily in man coverage. Like if we had Richard Sherman as one of our corners in a Matt Patricia scheme, he would look like burnt toast. He would look like washed. Looks like he would not even belong to the league. But Richard Sherman and Robert Sala defense where, you know, you're not relying on him to be a man coverage guy all the time. It looks a lot better. It's a lot better product on the you know the field. So, you know, for us Lions fans, once you hit 28 or above as a corner, especially in the Patricia regime, you're out, you're out the doors because you're not have gonna to. you're not I gonna have be to. fast enough to is that is the, the man coverage something
1: that's gonna stick with Anthony Lynn? I don't know what his kind of mantra is or Campbell really.
3: They play more um like two safeties high, split safety coverage. So you'll see cover two, okay. um, you'll see two man occasionally some cover three cover they do a little of everything
2: yeah um just going quickly to the lion's injury report because this is a lot more quicker not really many concerning ones uh, no everyone participated in the practice in somewhat capacity so our limited ones we had decker uh starting left tackle michael brocker starting defensive tackle you got anzerike a.j parker nick williams I'd probably say the most concerning one on this list is Michael Brockers because he hasn't really done much as far as training camp and uh, preseason. But Dan Campbell on a radio appearance yesterday on Tuesday confirmed that both Brockers and DeAndre Swift will be uh, good to go for week one versus the Niners. So, you know, if we didn't hear that report from Campbell, I would say Brockers is concerning. But it seems like everyone should probably be playing from this injury report. No, nothing concerning right now, at least. So, you know, um, I would say there's nothing really to keep tabs for this week because usually there is someone to keep a tab for to see what the designation's for. But I expect all these guys to honestly be playing week one for the Lions. So, um, okay. Real, real quick, Rob, yeah. how often can we say that?
3: Where,
1: oh, we can just expect everybody on the 49ers. To well, this, is,
2: mean, this is our first time in a while. Yeah, this, this is our first time saying that.
1: We're already past <laughs> that, man. We're in week one and we still don't even think everybody's playing. So yeah. it's it, – I think the 49ers, I, I just read it today and I can't remember where I'm reading it because I don't and I wanted I would like to shout them out, but there's so there's a site that keeps track of the like the total number of days missed of all your players. And I think the 49ers added up to 160 last year. And I think the nearest next NFL team was like 120. Uh and was it so us? It, it, <laughs> I, I can't remember who it was, but That's a good chance it could have. But so yeah, the it's really hard for us to think that something doesn't look at least remotely positive after how bad it looked all last season. Yeah. So, you know, everything I guess is, you know, you, you got to bring it with some context and compare it. Cause the 49ers are just, they're not the team when it comes to injuries.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right. So like we mentioned, we're going to start off with this lions offense first, this San Francisco 49ers defense, kind of some game plans for both sides. I mean, you guys look at this Lions offense really quickly and you guys see your strengths on, you know, your defense. What's something a strength that you see for your Niners defense that it's just going to be really hard for the Lions to get going on week 1?
1: KP, you know what to say, bro.
4: So, the 49ers just this last few seasons, they own Jared Goff and it's mostly just because how they get after him. Um so when you when we talk about Robert Sala, a lot of people thought that, you know, he's this passive type of coordinator who doesn't really blitz, but he imbued the clip when it came to third down. Like, only two other teams blitzed more than the 49ers uh, on third downs. And Goff's numbers on third downs or just against the blitz were not good. And against the 49ers were worse than not good. Um, his pass rating just fell off a cliff against the blitz against the 49ers. So, I think that's what we're going to see. And we are going to see a healthy version of the 49ers defensive line. So, you're going to get a fresh D-4. You're going to get a fresh Nick Bosa And then, obviously, you have Javon Kinlaw, who's going to play. Eric Armstead, they have a bunch of other guys that they really rely on. So even when the starters are gassed, they can bring in some quality players like Arden Key. Uh, It won't be Morris Morris Hurts this week, but uh, they have some guys who could probably start on some other teams in the NFL. And, I mean, we saw it in the preseason. Uh, They got after it pretty good, and I think we're going to see a lot of the same this week where – We're going to see D'Amico Ryan's blitz heavily, especially on third downs. And all that does is give a guy like Nick Bosa one-on-one or perhaps, you know, your running back or your linebacker blitzing, whoever it is, gets one-on-ones with the uh, the running back. And that's how they get home and that's how they get sacked. So expect a lot of pressure uh, from the 49ers defense.
1: I I think that that would probably – I think that's even magnified if the 49ers are the least bit worried about their cornerback situation. So if and if that's the case if you got a rookie out there or an old ass Josh Norman, like they're going to they're going to know that they, they the defensive front has to get home. And the 49ers kept 10 defensive linemen all of which could start for depending on the NFL team. They're all really good. The 49ers were getting like trade offers for some of the guys at the back of the, at the back of the defensive line roster. So if, if you're really talking to strength of the defense, the home, the, the make everything go, it's definitely the, the defensive line. And obviously you've got like Fred Warner back there. Who's the quarterback who makes everything go might be the best in the, in the league at that position. he's up there. Um, Obviously you can't necessarily leave him out of the conversation. But to me, it all it's all going to go through that defensive front
2: all season. OK, yeah. I mean, obviously, going into the season for the Lions, I would say our biggest strength that we've you know, looked at is the offensive line. Obviously, a lot of emphasis on that offensive line using the first overall uh the first round pick, which was the seventh overall pick on Penai Sewell to you know, lock up that right tackle spot. And then obviously they lock up Frank Ragnar to a long term contract this offseason season. Taylor Decker, their left tackle, locked up to a, a contract last year, and you know those guys have been really good for the team. And Jonah Jackson, another solid rotation, you know, another solid starter for this team at left guard, and then you got uh, Big V at, at right guard right now. But you know, I'm going to kick it off you to Malcolm. You know, you look at this Niners defensive line, and you look at this Lions offensive line. It's going to be a dogfight between these trenches because it's one of our strengths. It's obviously one of their strengths in San Francisco. How do you view this, you know, matchup for both sides?
5: I mean, it's gonna be a tough matchup. It's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be tough for. And when I say tough matchup, I'm talking about for us, the, the Lions. Yeah. Um, because the San Francisco their front seven is really, really, really tough. So if I was, um, you know, if I was Dan Campbell, I'm looking at this, this, um, the San Francisco team, and I'm gonna use my tight ends to to help this offensive line a lot. And I'm talking about a lot of twelve person no sets, just just to help them out because. They're going to bring pressure, just like uh, KP said. They're, they're going to bring a lot of pressure, and, and I want to see how Detroit's going to counter that pressure. How they're going to adjust, you know, because it's going to come. They they know it's going to come. So I want to see how they're going to adjust to that and how they're going to counter that.
2: And, and I don't think, you know, the Lions is going to be afraid to have extra protection. Obviously, Dan Campbell being a former tight end himself, being a tight ends coach in New Orleans, like, He's all about getting the run game going. Anthony Land, former running backs coach in Buffalo, OC, always getting the run game going. So I don't think the Lions will have a problem going to a 12 personnel, especially when you got a front like this in San Francisco. And, you know, frankly, the, the offensive line, like, yeah, there are a lot of, you know, same names like Jonah, Big V, Taylor and and Frank, obviously, but a lot of moving pieces and a lot of new pieces playing together and it's gonna it might be a little bit of an adjustment for this line's offensive offensive line to kind of gel together. Um, obviously starting with Panay Sewell, you know, the right tackle. This is his first time we're playing right tackle, was a left tackle in college and obviously opted out of his college season last year in twenty twenty and you know, had his ups and downs during the preseason. It's going to be a growing pains type of season, I think, for Panay Sewell. You just kind of want to see progression. But, you know, it, it, it's a tough test. It's a tough task for Panay You know, week one, you're asking to go against potentially Nick Bosa or Eric Armstead. Like, they're going to have so many different looks. It's it's going to be interesting. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, Panay Sewell's got a test definitely week one, you know, to start his NFL career.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding. Or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears call click granger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done definitely the
1: one the one thing i would say though is that the 49ers defensive front it looks good On paper, but there's a lot, still a lot of question marks there. You know, Nick Bosa's coming back from a a season ending injury. Uh, We don't know how fresh he is. Trent Williams, I mean, one of the best in the game, was like, no, like he, he basically said, he's like, I don't usually, I don't, I'm not a believer in the whole coming back from injury better thing, but I went against Nick Bosa before and I went against him after, and he said it was pretty ridiculous which doesn't make any sense but that being said if you see Nick Bosa in person there's nothing about that guy that makes any sense he's just no. he looks like a, a he looks like a GI Joe action figure but uh, so my Absolutely. <laughs> my point being though you have Samson Ebicom, who they picked up from the Rams who looks yeah. kind of the part you know he might be somebody with some untapped potential but you don't know he's what he's going to give you uh, D Ford also coming back from essentially a season ending back injury you don't know what he's going to give you um, it, it just it it has the look of something vicious on paper Javon Kinlaw currently on the injury report so. It, it, I still think it's going to be a dogfight no matter what, but I wouldn't say it's a lock to just be, you know, a top five unit in the NFL. They have to kind of put everything together and stay healthy.
5: Let, let me right. ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who is taking – if, if, if Kim Law cannot go, who's taking his spot? And is that a concern for you guys if, if he's not able to go Sunday?
6: What
4: do you it think, think, was K-K. Givens um, just during training camp. It was Givens who was the next guy up, Kevin Givens, but he is out with a hip injury right now, so – um, I imagine it, after that, it would have been Maurice Hurst, but he has a high ankle sprain and he's not playing either. So, whoa, whoa. I are right. started, whoa, right. The 49ers, yeah. baby. Um, <laughs> I, I imagine they'll just throw somebody out there. But what what really would matter would be when they go to, you know, obvious passing down. So they would just kick Eric Armstead inside and bring in right. another guy like Ford or Arden Key and, and let them play on the edge. So, um, they. Eric Armstead practices with the defensive tackles in, like, individual periods. So he they view him as a DT. So I would imagine uh, they would just find a way to get their best guys on the field.
3: So is he playing on the edge because he's, like, one of the best s setting the edge versus the other guys? Like, versus Samson and uh, Ford? Yeah, so he would start
4: on the edge, and it would be, I mean, Bosa on the other side, obviously. But right. this scenario, I would imagine it would go Bosa and Ebukam on the edge. Because Ebucom does play the run very well, and then they would kick Armstead inside with uh, DJ
2: Jones on the inside as
3: well. Okay, that makes sense.
2: So, I mean, you look at these Lions receivers. You mentioned Jared Goff. What kind of looks do you imagine to see mostly on this defense? Do you imagine stack boxes with this? You know, what you guys are gonna be running on defense, or what, what are you kind of expecting this week?
1: Go for it, KP. Yeah, I think um,
4: just as I mentioned, they're gonna they're gonna bring the house. They're gonna load up the the box and. Present a look like they're going to blitz and they might not bring, you know, they might not bring more than four. Uh, they're going to let their linebackers run underneath some underneath routes and, you know, ha- again, present the illusion like they're coming only to trap golf into throwing some hot throws and maybe make a mistake. So I could see a lot of that. I, I imagine they're just going to load up the front and force golf to beat them outside of the numbers. Which again, like when Rob talked about the defensive line being in question, like there's an opportunity if the receivers can win, if the Lions' receivers can win one on one, like they'll have opportunities this game. I imagine. I think Ryan's going to empty the bag and leave his corners isolated, um, which in theory, you know, you don't really want to do. You're 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 basically, you know, relying on your pressure to get home. Um, so right. yeah, well, that's what I think we're going to see. We're going to see a very aggressive look, and Golf is going to have to figure out who's coming. Where are they coming from? He was, D'Amico Ryans was very aggressive during the preseason, and uh, he did dial up some pretty nice blitzes. So Golf will have his hands full about figuring out who's coming from where, and if he can get rid of the ball and if you guys can get open on the offensive side, I think you'll have some, you'll be able to have some success. But again, it's just about Golf making the right decision and knowing where to go with the ball.
3: Yeah, my, my concern is on the right side of that O-line, especially in pass pro. Sewell struggled in pass pro, and then Big V also struggles in pass pro, so I could see the Vikings kind of loading up that right side. Niners, niners down. Niners. My, my bad. Niners. The niners. I'm sorry. The niners. They don't want
5: to be the Vikings. They're the niners. No, they
3: don't. <laughs> I could see the Niners uh, loading up that right side and just bringing it at them. Just going at it, like being an aggressive.
2: I mean, just looking very quickly. I mean, you look at the, the Niners secondary, especially just looking at the corners right now. I mean, you could be counting on a rookie potentially. Like Ambry Thomas, who was a late day two pick. Like, is he, ready to, is he ready to start right now? And, you know, I think the Oops. Lions, you know, receiving core is definitely not great, but they have some pieces where they could maybe surprise you on a play or two. Like Terrell Williams, you know, when he's healthy, I think he's shown he could be a legitimate receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown has been the talk all offseason for the Lions. You know, he's just been really fun. Doesn't look like a rookie from all the reports that we've heard. Um, Khalif Raymond, you guys are probably, who the hell is Khalif Raymond? He's currently our wide receiver too right now. Yeah, I mean, he's just he kind of took the job out of camp was supposed to be our kicking and turner, And now he's our wide receiver too. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting, you know, cause this is a position that's not a huge strength for the Niners, but I mean, when you have a front seven like this it definitely helps, but you know, if golf could have some time, you know, maybe, you know, ha- have some one-on-one looks, you know, don't sleep on these lines receivers on some plays, you know, Terrell Williams on one-on-one or Amon Ross St. Brown. Like if golf could have the time with, what we presume to have a, a pretty good offensive line. I know it's a tough match, but if, you know, we can get some good reps in there, you know, you never know, man. Maybe Amon and Brown could get open versus the corner or Terrell, whoever. Hey. With a slot. St. Brown. St.
5: Brown. Yeah. yeah. You play, he play, he's going to play out of the slot. He's going to be our sure. slot, slot receiver. The slot receiver. Yeah. But, but guys, I mean, I tell you this all the time, you know, I'm a former DB. I played, I played corner, but what do I tell you guys all the time? If you have a strong front seven, what does that do to your corners?
2: Oh, it's going to make them look a lot better. And that's going to make that's, them look a the lot
5: better. It makes average guys, makes them look good, makes yeah. good guys, make <laughs> them look great. Yeah. But that's what a, a, a strong front seven could do. So uh, it's, it's, it's still going to be tough regardless who they have out there. Yeah, Hell I, have a, no. uh,
1: I have a selfish question, though. Um, how much do you guys expect TJ Hawkinson to be a part of moving the ball? A big. Part. Uh, I, I say a, selfish question because he's my tight end in my very competitive fantasy league. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I was kind of a, a believer in targets. him. I'm like, he's, no, 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 this guy's gonna get the
5: ball. He's getting 12 plus targets this game. Absolutely, like <laughs> he's uh, gonna
1: get a million targets. Uh, at
5: least, I think 12 is gonna be minimal targets this game. He's going to get a lot of targets. But uh, you probably guys,
1: Fred. Fred Warner is gonna. Be I was gonna just, get I don't know, know about this game, most yeah, of the game, but I'm still, I still know that he's. I figured he was going to be a guy that Jared Goff looked to a
2: lot. So I didn't
5: say he, he's going yeah. to ball out. I just say he's going to get a lot of targets. I didn't say he's going to ball out. I just say he's going to get a lot of targets. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Overall, I mean, T.J. Hawkinson is going to be a big part of the offense. I think he's a great fantasy pickup. So for your fantasy owners, I think T.J. Hawkinson, I would say is the fourth best fantasy tight end after Kelsey Waller Kittle, and I'm not in any order. And I probably put Hawk at four.
3: Yeah. Right. yeah. Man, that's kind that of guys, what I that's kind of what I presumed. When I, I have it. a question for you. Say like Fred Warner takes care of Hawkinson. Who's on Swift? Because the Lions like to use Swift a lot on uh Rouch. Would to be Greenlaw, Dre Greenlaw, or Yeah, it'd be
4: Greenlaw. So if you if the Lions were to go empty or just split Hawkinson out, Warner's gonna walk over him and he's gonna mm-hmm. guard him. And probably not a matchup you would like if you are the Lions, because right. I mean, I I don't want to sound like a homer, but uh, Warner is probably the best linebacker in the game. And when we're talking about just coverage players, he's you can't name 10 better coverage players than him. And that's not just that linebacker. So he's a former safety and he moves like it. Um, But I do think like if Swift can do something out of the backfield, um, if he can maybe break a tackle because Greenlaw is susceptible. Um, I know he doesn't. His his stats. He's not as good of a tackler as his stats would suggest. I would say. So if you if that might be something they look at. You know, getting the the running backs in the passing game. And I know Swift can move a little bit. So if he can make yeah. a guy miss, and that would be a potential scenario where the Lions move the ball because we we're talking about blitzing and being aggressive. There's going to be nobody behind them. So. If you can get open and then make a guy miss after that, that's how you create explosive plays because it will be tough to sustain drives against his defense. That's why right. it's all about the big play, I think, for you guys. Right.
1: What's the general consensus on Swift as a pass blocker? Does he does he does he do it? He improved during
2: the season.
5: I mean but- it's not we didn't, strength, mu- we didn't see much of it last year because we had um Carrion. Oh, yeah. Carrion was the yeah. main guy, just pass blocking. I think they're going to have that role for um, Williams. Jamal, Jamal Williams. 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 I think Jamal Williams is going to see more of the pass blocking assignments and stuff like that on third downs and stuff.
2: I mean, I wouldn't be shocked too, to see two running back looks as well. You could see both of them at the same time, uh, both Swift and Jamal. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, uh, especially like on first down or something like that, first and long, just to see what you got wouldn't be shocked uh, to see both of them on the field in some certain packages, but overall Swift's going to be your three down back and just maybe on third and longs when it's an obvious passing situation, you probably expect Jamal Williams to be that running back. Um, that will be out there for the lions.
5: And and he showed that he could do it good in the, in the preseason. So
2: yeah. And the small sample size, cause the lions and the preseason kind of kept it very, very vanilla compared to other teams where, you know, I was surprised like the Kansas city chiefs played Patrick Mahomes the whole first half or Josh Allen got a like, whole first half and like, even Brady played a lot in the preseason, where in the Lions, I mean, Jared Goff got the first game, and he played two drives, and that was it. Yeah, yeah
5: total of, like, nine snaps. I think he took, like, nine snaps.
2: Yeah, I mean, he played two drives. Offensive line, only guy that really got significant work, I would say, is Pinay Sewell as far as a starter. Most mm-hmm. of it was, you know, uh, backups. or guy's not even on the team right now. So, you know, the, the Lions kept it really vanilla in the, in the preseason. So it's going to be interesting because – I still don't know what to really expect with this Lions because you know, there's a lot of new play callers like Anthony Lynn. You know, maybe you get a better, you know, gist of what you're going to get with that because, you know, he's been a head coach. and He's been a play caller. But like as far as the defense side of the ball, which we'll get into with the Lions, Aaron Glenn, first time play caller coming from New Orleans, a former DB, you know, just a lot of new coaches everywhere. But I would say this if we were to face our coaches seven on seven i'll take our side to win this matchup like you guys might win this <laughs> oh, game yeah. but our coaches
5: oh our hey, coaches we, we got more beat Bernal. down every if they, we had a, a seven <laughs> on seven coaching like our staff versus any other staff it'll be a wrap just just a bunch of
1: athletes over there on the sideline yeah yeah so. these are <laughs> former players <laughs> yeah. LL,
5: um our quarterback coach is mark burnell <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> <that's her laughs> nothing but ex-players that's your dc uh-huh. yeah, what do you guys that's our dc
1: Darren what do you Dan. guys just to, to switch gears? What do you guys what's your guys' feeling on the on the Lions defense? You know, I mean you can spin it in terms of going up against the 49ers offense, but just in general too. What how you guys feeling about it? Um, you can take this beer. And then I'll the Lions DL. You. I feel
3: like the Lions DL is kind of like the strength of the defense. They're young, but they added some juice. They added some athleticism. Obviously, they had Romeo Quara. Um, they have Trey Flowers coming back off injury. Then they drafted Aleem McNeil. Who's given Frank Ragnall some issues in training camp? Lee McNeil is a rookie, but this dude we call him a big fucker. Like, yes. we call him, he's <laughs> yes. a big fucker. He fucks shit up. Excuse my language, but that's what he does. And then we have um, another rookie, Levi owns a rookie. He's really quick. He was a second round pick. They had a first round grade on him, so he's he's also given some issues to some offensive linemen. Then you also have your veterans, and Nick Williams. He's a solid vet. He's solid against the pass. Solid against the run. Right. The concern with me is the secondary. They're young. Jeff Okuda, Amani Warrior, Tracy Walker, Will Harris. Um, they've struggled also against shift year wide receivers. And that's what Debo and IuCar. So that's a concern for me right now.
5: Yeah. Um, just like he said, our front from the preseason games, our front seven, our front seven looks pretty, pretty solid. And this is something that we as Lions fans haven't said in a very long time. I would
2: say front four
5: Front four. Yeah. From four, four. I mean, even our even our linebackers are okay. I mean, the starting linebackers are okay. You got you got really, Jamie Collins. Really, they didn't
2: really play. They, they didn't really play,
5: so We don't know. That <laughs> uh, <I mean>, <laughs> is know. already starting for us. So I mean, he has dope hair though. He
2: does have nice hair. <laughs> yeah, his hair is dope. <laughs> nice locks.
5: Yeah, yeah. Um, but from what I saw in the preseason, because they didn't really show show much, they did show that that they're able to scheme the gap to the quarterback, which made it very interesting because we haven't seen that in. It's probably says what, 2014? Yeah. We had a really good hot. defense. Yeah. So yeah. Th- that's 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 probably the strength of our defense right now. It's gonna be yeah, like Tyler said, our front four. I, I I like our linebackers. Um we have a guy, a hidden gem that's not starting. Yeah, but yeah. he's in our linebacker. He's in our linebacker Five. group. <laughs> 55. Um he's our he's my hidden gem. I think this guy's an absolute beast. Um, but he's a rookie. He was a we didn't drop the fifth round, fourth round?
3: Fourth round pick.
5: Fourth round pick. Yep. Yeah, Derek Barnes. Yeah. So when you see him out there, you can be like, Oh, that's the guy they're talking about. Yeah, this guy's a beast. But um every, as far as our secondary, ugh, I don't have much confidence in those guys. Yeah.
1: Linebackers have a weird way of like it just seems like a lot of mid round linebackers, you know, whether you're talking like third to fifth, like it seems like that's kind of like a sweet spot for still getting quality linebackers. I mean, Fred Warner was a third round pick and, yep. you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's obviously, you know, that's a day two pick. You're not, you're expecting a third round pick to at least be solid, but it just seems like, you know, the 49ers in Dre Greenlaw, they got him in like the fifth round or 6th yeah. round fight. So it's, I don't know what it is about the linebacker spot. It's kind of a little like running backs where you can, you can wait on it and, and still get some pretty quality players. So, and what's interesting, you guys mentioned the defensive front, me and KP were texting earlier and we said, you know, if there was one area where the lions could give the four 49ers trouble it was the Lions defensive line versus the 49ers offensive line so I don't know KP walk us through it man what do you I mean we the 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 49ers offensive line is still a little bit of an unknown too yeah I think Okawara
4: could give Mike McGlinchey some problems and he is not a bad player I know a lot of people just don't know about him but he put up some numbers last year and I think sometimes sacks lie but I don't think that was the case with him so Mike McGlinchey is Oh, I mean, if, if you guys follow the draft, you know he's a great run blocker, susceptible against the pass. Yeah. He's been the exact same player in his entire career so far. Uh, even in the preseason, you see a lot of the same bangs where he's – But he getting- gained weight, bro. He gained weight. <laughs>
1: right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, best shape of his life. Um, Yeah, so you're not really seeing the type of improvements that you want. So I imagine Aaron Glenn knows this, and he – maybe he – um, blitzes more to get Okwara one on ones with McGlinchey, or we see Trey Flowers because at the same time, for a guy who has gained weight, McGlinchey isn't always uh, great against bull rushes, too. So I can see a veteran like Trey Flowers who knows how to rush the passer give him issues as well. The good news is, though, with adding Alex Mack at the center, there's no like free run throughs or free blitzes, uh, guys coming up the middle. So, like, sealing up the middle with that offensive line with, you know, by adding Mac in the center is going to be really big for the 49ers. I actually do think their offensive line is going to play pretty well this year. Um, it's really all about, you know, will Mike Valencia hold up on the edge and we don't know who the third down running back is and running backs and pass protection do make a difference. So uh, if they're not aggressive, I would say that could cause issues as well.
2: So, so a question for you guys real quickly, you know, obviously Kyle Shanahan's always known for his running schemes, his running schemes, this, and then, um, you know, this is a new running back room for the most part. You know, obviously Raheem Mostert returning. Jamichael Hasty kind of getting more of a bigger role, I would say. But then you guys drafted Trey Sermon from Ohio State as a guy who's on my fantasy team as well. I'm high on him. Hopefully he takes, you know, a little more uh, of a, a bigger role and, you know, maybe could steal some touchdowns. that could make him a flex player. But, you know, I look at, you know, the Lions strength potentially being on this defense. We mentioned it, their front four and maybe stopping the run a little bit. So, you know, just interesting to see, you know, your offensive line having some question marks right now lines up the middle look look like could be a strength you know what do you guys expect as far as getting a run game going week one versus the lions tell uh, them about raheem moster rob uh, well that's the thing man oh, and
1: and even though we saw a little bit of what raheem moster could do when trey lance was back there and i don't expect to see trey a lot I and mean, he might see the field in those little packages they've talked about with him but Raheem Mostert, man, like I don't know if people talk about this, but he could legitimately be one of the like the fastest player in the NFL. He I, I've, I've played I've talked to him a lot. I play Warzone with him and, and he I mean, he thinks he's like a four two guy and we've seen it literally on the field. I think the last two years, as far as the speed of somebody with the ball in their hands, he was the fastest player in the NFL the last two years, which it just doesn't look like it because he's got a thick build. He's a big dude. Um, and he's got a long stride. So when you watch him run, you're not thinking he's moving that fast. And then you see everybody's angle and it's always horrible. It's it's always just yeah. horrible because of how fast you're moving. So the only the real threat you have with him is if it's not working on the inside. And Kyle Shanahan loves this is they start taking it to the outside and you get, you know, you'll get Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk on jets, across, you know, going across the room. Then they'll fake it and go down the middle just to kind of stretch you out a little bit. And Raheem can kind of just score from anywhere. That's his biggest thing. It's like he can, he can be on his own 20-yard line and just take, a, 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 take it to the house. And No one's going to come close. So yeah, um, it helps that George Kittle is one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. That's another guy that you can have in there. Um, Kyle Juszczyk, you know, they pay a ton of money to a fullback for right. a good reason. They got a lot of guys to make it work. And I think that was Kyle Shanahan's thought when it comes to the guys he signs on the offensive line paying George Kittle, paying Kyle Juszczyk is it's going to take a really, really good and stout defense to stop them from running the ball. You know, like Kyle Shanahan's a very hard-nosed dude in every way. So I'm at the very least, you know, they're going to exhaust everything they can to run the ball before they start asking Jimmy Garoppolo to win the game for him, who is, uh, you know, we kind of found out today that or this week that he's Finally, uh, officially the starter, Kyle Shanahan, still like I said, stubborn, won't say it. But Kyle, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to start. So,
2: are, are was, we just are we just not gonna go? Hold up. Not and I acknowledge that Rob just mentioning that he plays Warzone with Raheem Mostert I he said it so casually too. He said he's so casually too. He goes, he goes he's yeah. so casually. I, I play hey,
1: once that locker room found out that I was actually pretty good at Call of Duty, things got out of control, man. Things got out of control. Rob? will not. definitely
4: let you know how big of a deal he is. Uh, my question for you guys is uh, how, <laughs> how is the team speed for the Lions? Because we talk about Raheem Mostert, he is. In the most literal terms, he's proven to be the fastest player in the NFL. Um, and then they have Ayuk, they have Debo, and George Kittle is very fast, not for like uh, just a tight end alone, but just for a football player, especially a guy his size. So they have a lot of speed on the edge, and that's how they get a lot of their explosive plays, just because they're able to outrun people and they're able to get in the open field and take advantage of that. So uh, how's the team speed on the other side of the ball for the Lions? Um, I'll answer
2: this really quickly. It's getting there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> work in progress. I mean, we, we were in a previous regime, which obviously I think you guys are probably familiar with the Patriot you know, scheme. And, you know, obviously they like big guys and they like big linebackers. They, they like more guys. They don't really prioritize speed. It's more guys who could clog more than, you know, contain, keep up with the running backs and tight ends. And obviously that didn't really work out really well for us. But Brad Holmes and, you know, his philosophy it seems like he, he – values that a lot like a speedy linebacker like we mentioned our hidden gem 55 Derek barnes so we, we, we kind of get a taste of you know the type of players that brad holmes likes he likes guys who are more athletic more speedy so right now i would say it's not there and it's not really a good test for the lions week one just because it's so new right now and it they're gutting this whole roster out essentially i mean this is a a pretty new roster right now for the lions and i know in the nfl there's always you know new uh, nfl rosters around but like the Lions gutted out, I think, half their roster. Like, that's not even over-exaggeration. Yes, yeah, six percent turnover. Like, that's not even an exaggeration. Like, they gutted over half the, their team right now. So, it's a work in progress. So, you know, you know, if you guys look after the game, you're going to say, man, uh, Tyler's an idiot. Like, this defense is not fast at all. Like, I mean, they look lost. <laughs> but it, it, I don't think we're going to be saying that. But, but, but it, you know, I, it's, it's getting there
1: say <laughs> yeah. this
3: like they drafted Aleem McNeil, really athletic no tackle. The previous regime had like snacks, and there's not that athletic, just a big clogger, right? Big they drafted Levi Anzuruki, an athletic defensive tackle as well, can get after the quarterback quick on his first step. They drafted Derek Barnes, he's fast. They drafted Ifatu Melafanu, lengthy athletic corner. So they they are prioritizing athleticism, but like. They're kind of like fixing the issues the previous regime had. Yeah, but what concerns me the young. most is the Lions secondary. The oldest dude on the secondary is like 25 years old, Amani Warrior. And Kyle Shanahan, like he does all these motions, all these sweeps. I feel like these players are kind of going to be like thinking too much and like a big run just going to happen, sort of. But a couple of those. That's really, con- that's a big concern for me as well. Cause you have all these young DBs, young linebackers that are playing and, you have all these sweeps. A guy looks that way, and then you know it. Most of it is off to the races.
1: That's the big yeah. thing. Kyle Shanahan yeah. will do is he'll he'll test your assignment, like what you're supposed to be doing on every play. He will find a way to make you you be somewhere else, you know. And he and that's yeah. just what he constantly stresses is how sound are you going to play your defense when you have two or three things crossing your face, you know? And right. he want you know he wants you to look one way, and the play's actually going the other way, so. I mean, he's the ultimate kind of X factor when it comes to the 49ers offense is Kyle Shanahan. And you know, I I'm not I'm not sharp enough to know when he's on his game or off his game as far as a play caller goes, but just kind of you can tell by the way that the league talks about him that for the most part, he's always he's always on his game. And the players will say, like, we called a play in the first half so that we could do something in the second half, you know, and, and stuff like that. You hear that all the time. So Yeah, you know, if if I think that if you're talking about you know, in the same way we were talking about the 49ers defense, if you're talking about a young secondary, I think the 49ers in a position to kind of for the very first time, we'll see how Jimmy Garoppolo plays it. Um, I've kind of been under the impression that we might see a slightly more aggressive Jimmy Garoppolo now that he's got a Trey Lance breathing down his neck that if we've already seen it has no hesitation to throw the ball down the field. Um, so and, and Jimmy Garoppolo knows that. And obviously his reputation is he's going to check it down or throw it within, you know, five yards as often as he can. So, and I, you know, I have a very, very high opinion of Brandon Ayuk. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty special. Um, and then Debo Samuel, when he's on the field, struggled with injuries, but when he's on the field, you know, he makes an impact pretty much on a, on a, on a, on a drive to drive basis. So uh, it's, it's, I would assume if Kyle Shanahan respects the def- the Lions defensive line, we're probably going to see something very, you know, to the perimeters pretty often. You know, like I said, those right. jets, those those throws out to the edges, um, just try to take advantage of, like you said, a young secondary, a young linebacking core to see if they're going to where they need to be going on any given play based on what he's shown them.
5: Yeah. Kyle Shanahan is, uh, he's really, he, he's a, He's one of the best, i will say one of the best coaches out there right now.
2: He's my favorite coach. Yeah,
5: I was, was going to say that, yeah. He's, he's highly respected, man. That's Tyler's favorite head coach right now. Yeah.
2: He's, he's a Jewish man.
5: He's, he's really, he good. He really
2: good, man. I, I love, like, I'm not even saying this because you guys are here, but I love this San Francisco <laughs> 49ers, like, play calling Salah was my number one candidate. I wanted him to bring McDaniels offense here. That's why I was, like, a big like, big into bringing Salah as my, you Well, know,
1: wasn't honor. Robert Salah at one point
2: kind of considered the favorite for Detroit because of his past? It seemed like because yeah. he's a hometown guy. David, interviewed United. him, right? Yeah, we interviewed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we assumed to. I, like, if I had to predict, like, right after the, you know, the NFL season, I, I mean, I would predict that Robert Sala was their head coach. I think we were all in It's like we think Salah going to be the guy. But, you know, obviously they chose Campbell.
3: Yeah, there was a rumor. I don't know how true it was that Salah wanted Detroit more than Detroit wanted him. But, again, I don't know how true that rumor is. There, or, there was
2: also a rumor. What was it? A San Francisco bakery saw someone make a uh, Robert Sala cake. <laughs> not this again. Please, no.
5: Something oh, wrong. No.
2: No, what no. did I just hear right now?
5: Something so you about a cake.
2: Right, go okay. ahead, Tyler.
5: Tell the story. It was fake.
2: It was something about a bakery in San Francisco, and Robert Sala was getting a congratulations, you're coming home, or something like that. Lions <laughs> blue. And the Lions so man we,
3: actually called we, the cake.
2: cake yeah, shop, they
5: called the bakery. We, we hear rumors like this all the time, like ridiculous rumors like that. Like, uh, remember,
2: Mac, uh, remember the, Camille,
5: the Khalil the a the rumor? We thought we were getting clean, Mac guys. You're probably hey, like, we just had a what? whole
1: off season of Mac Jones, man. We're all about all the rumors, you know. It's, yeah. it is what it is. We had to hear about Mac Jones all off season. Well, let
5: me let me, you th- let me hear your thoughts. Let me hear Was that upsetting you? Like when you heard like Mac Jones, you're like, no, this can't be. This can't be life. Go KP.
4: It it didn't seem like real life, so I think Rob and I were probably one of the few people who were pushing back. And when I say push back, it's like, yeah, this probably isn't going to happen just because realistically, you're not going to move what they did to number three to draft Mac Jones. And as we saw, like every Mm -hmm. pundit ever, national media members that are, that is, um, they were trying to tell us that Mac Jones is guaranteed to go top five. He ended up going what 15 to the Patriots. Nobody traded up for him, so It was just a bunch of hype. And I'm glad that, you know, we didn't spend, well, shoot. It seemed like we spent a lot of time talking about Mac Jones,
6: Mm -hmm. but
4: for the most part, I think a lot of us had a good idea that it wasn't going to happen. And still to this day, some of those same r- reporters are saying that Kyle Shanahan had a change of heart and that he was talked out of it. But um, just take the L, man. Didn't happen. Wasn't going to yeah, happen. I don't
2: believe that. I, do. I don't believe that. At the most all. stubborn yeah.
4: guy
1: in the room had a change of heart in the
4: last Right. Week. <laughs> right. Yeah. The guy no, I who think- won- man, the man. rostering Jalen Hurd was not. Uh,
5: <laughs> I, I, I so- think both players went to their, the the best, the best place for them.
6: Yeah, I, right. think niners,
5: I think the Niners. I think the nine. I think you know Trey Lance's best spot was the Niners. I think the best spot for um, Mac Jones, who Mac Jones, um, was the New England Patriots.
2: <laughs> Malcolm, explain that really quickly, because uh, like our like people mm-hmm. listening to us, they they know J- that they they, they know that reference by now. But like these, niners oh, I've been saying, are, like, I've been saying, saying
5: that, You know, I'm a big Alabama guy, so I've been saying that forever. Like every time Mac Jones, I was to say who, and then you know, you guys know Mike Jones, the the rapper oh, yeah. guy, yeah. Right. Back yeah. then, they didn't want right. me out. Yeah. So What's I'll that, just – Do you actually I'll know, know who this guy is? I didn't know who yeah. the hell Mike Jones was. You're too was. young to know yeah, Mike, Jones, young. <laughs> okay. Mike Jones, man. It's okay. He doesn't know Mike Jones. It's all right. It happens. No, I no idea.
2: No idea who Mike Jones is. <laughs> 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 no, but – We are talking about Kyle
4: Shanahan, and one of the things that he does – like they pre-snap motion more than any other team in the NFL. They were right under 80% last year. Yeah. And the reason is, so you're going to get a lot of eye candy up front. But a lot of the, the next reason is like so to confuse your second level defenders, but he's also going to go. So we talked about Pierre said uh, lines are going to be in a too high safety. Look, so with that motion, with whether they're creating, they're getting one of your safeties to drop down. So the real point of that is not to right. just get numbers advantage. But now you have your defense in a single high, which creates more one on ones. And that's why we see the play action have so much success. So uh, that motion carries a lot of weight for the 49ers offensive success. And if you guys especially are are green on the back end, it could cause for some, uh, some busted coverages and
3: some big plays. Well, uh, Kyle, you guys play the Rams, right, like twice a year? You're going to see a similar defense with AG's, like, little AG sprinkled stuff in there. It's mostly going to be similar to the Rams defense.
1: So. And I mean, the Rams as far, on the defensive side of the ball have all the, always played the 49ers pretty well. It's never been, for the most part, the 49ers and Rams, the 49ers, even like last year when they were missing half their players, have always found a way to get after golf and always found a way to beat the Rams. But defensively, when it comes to the 49ers offense versus the Rams, that was never very lopsided. I mean, even I think the last time the 49ers played the Rams or one of the last times they played them, uh, you know, the 49ers only scored like, It was like 21 points and the Rams could only manage like 10. So it's not like the 49ers have had a ton of success against what the Rams do on defense. They've always had enough success, but it's always been the other side. It's been the 49ers defense just absolutely wreaking havoc on Jared Goff and everything he wants to do um that's usually been the uh and then i don't know what it is about jimmy ward always plays played really well against jared goff and the rams but i don't know how much of that is going to translate you know for the good or for the bad against a completely different lions roster you know that has yeah. its own strengths
5: and weaknesses let me ask you a question um has it been like as far as that rams uh matchup between the 49ers when jared goff was here was it like a back and forth type thing or was it like pretty one-sided with the niners just Pretty one sided
1: The 49ers have had the Rams number for quite for quite some time. If unless I'm, you know, just completely glossing over the losses. But
4: it's Sean always Re-
3: just Yeah.
1: Sean McVay is definitely a little brother
4: to Kyle Shanahan.
5: <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> so
3: Kyle Shanahan is his father, basically? Yes. All right. All
4: right.
5: Okay. Do, do you put but,
4: the, like, no we're talking about the 49ers' offense, like struggling against the defense? Even that game where they put up like twenty one, a lot of that was in the first half. So they, it was. they were shut down game in the second half so um that's something
2: to keep an eye on too again well, like we don't first. have that personnel like the rams either though like we run the similar system as them, but like aaron donald ain't walking through that door <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> aaron donald, no. we just that don't have goal. that personnel right now but like the system wise sure. yeah similar sure but um malcolm you were asking about jared goff and uh how, how he
5: yeah well, <laughs> well i was going to say like do you feel like you guys had Jared Goff's number, or was it more of a like a McVay's okay. number? It was what I was at, as well, what I was leaning towards.
1: I don't know, I, KP. What do you think, man?
4: Well, I think it's all Goff. His think it's his all numbers, golf? He, and not even just his numbers. Just the way he looks. He he look. He honestly looks terrified
5: when he has to drop back. And <laughs> Shit, I would too. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, during the past two seasons, so they played four games under McVay with like. Uh, I think you guys would agree the Rams have better offensive talent than the Lions. Uh, oh, yeah. Jared Goff's EPA per dropback was negative 10.5. That is Man. not great. That's um, not good at all. In his I, I mentioned his numbers against the Blitz. Like his passer rating went from 95.3 to 63.4 uh yeah. when the 49ers blitzed him in those games. So um he just I, he just didn't want to hold on to the ball. I don't know if it was because of the blitz. Um, because, when, you know, once you get hit once, you're afraid it's going to happen more and more. But he just never really looked comfortable in the pocket, man. And and that was the case for most of the game. And I, I do not want to blame McVay for that just because it felt like Goff was kind of handcuffing him. Um, and, yeah, I just think that they were trying to run the ball and establish their offense that in that direction and, and not have to lean on uh, Jared Goff. But we can flip the script and say Shanahan did, kind of did the same thing with his quarterback, right, Rob?
1: Yeah, it really just has been – it really hasn't seemed like it's come down to the 49ers side of the ball. It's always seemed like it was more – it always revolved around whether or not Jared Goff was going to be able to do his thing. And more often than not, he wasn't able to. Like, like I said, they weren't usually blowouts. They were usually pretty close defensive competition. So it's not like as far as you know, the offensive side of things – the 49ers struggled against the against the Rams, too, and but the, the Rams struggles with Jared Goff were just always a little bit more drastic, a little bit more heavy, just enough for the 49ers to squeak it out. Uh, I think, I mean, if I'm looking at this right, I think the 49ers, since um, McVay took over, I think they, the Rams are like 3-8, and 3-9, and nine, somewhere in there. Obviously, it would be an even number because of division stuff, but uh, I'm just looking at a whole list of L's and W's, so... Uh, It it hasn't been great. I mean, there's been a couple times where the Rams have absolutely thumped the 49ers. And you're talking about going back to 2017 when the 49ers, like the Lions just did, had to completely rebuild their roster. And I think that the 49ers in that first year under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they were more along the lines of like 80 percent, 85, 90 percent of the roster was completely new. That tells you how bad a shape it was in. To start. They just basically had to start fresh. So So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they've done a pretty good job building it up now. It's not the same anymore. But uh, And the one thing that the Lions do have going for them, that the 49ers may fall victim to a little bit is it's a brand new coach with a brand new system with there's no film there's no you know yeah. history to go off of and even though right. you've got Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans who's also a new coordinator there's still some elements of, of we don't know for sure what the Lions are going to look like and what they're going to throw against the 49ers mm-hmm. you know and that's one thing that the, the the Lions get to go against a brand new defensive coordinator in D'Amico Ryans now I don't expect his transition to be tough uh, I think that a lot of people think he's going to be good at this, and he's probably one of your your head coaching candidates within the next two or three years. I'd say, um, but there's a lot of unknowns. What are the Lions going to do on offense? We don't know. Even no matter what you think of the talent, they still don't have a whole lot of film to go around. And then you've got a it's going against a brand new
2: defensive coordinator, so it could get weird.
1: It could get yeah, weird. Yeah,
2: no, I mean it is week one of the NFL season. We've seen crazy upsets in week one. Usually, that's usually like the time of of the year where you're going to see some like stuff that's just unusual. So, I mean, it is possible. Like we mentioned, the Lions kept it really vanilla throughout the whole preseason. Like we don't really know what to even expect as fans. Nope. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it could favor the Lions in that way. Cause the Niners might not know what to expect because like we mentioned, new play callers on internally on defense, Aaron Glenn's never been a play caller in the NFL. He's only been a DBs coach and now he's a defensive coordinator. I mean, Anthony Lynn, You kind of know what you're getting a little more with him, but even him, you know, it's a new offense, new quarterback, new system. I would say, honestly, compared to what we last saw in like the Chargers, like you're not going to see what we did with Justin Herbert with Jared Goff. You're just not going to get the same opportunities as like you're not going to run the same type of plays, you know. So, all right. Um, before, uh, we get into our predictions, I got one more questions about the Niners. So obviously you guys mentioned a little bit, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback for this game, but you guys did draft Trey Lance to the third pick overall. And there has been some stuff saying that he's going to be mixed into this game plan somewhat. So obviously we don't know what to expect. I don't think you guys really know what to expect, but like, if you guys had to predict, what are you guys expecting to see out of Trey Lance week one? Oof, you
4: take
1: it first, man.
2: Maybe 15 play. I really don't think he's going to
4: play that much at all. Yeah. Uh, I think everything we saw during the preseason was kind of overhyped, and Shanahan was just playing people like a fiddle, which he really enjoys, it seems like. Um, but I think we might see him mixed in for like a series or two here. He might come in during – he'll probably come in during the red zone, but I don't think we're going to see like an extensive look at Trey Lance. Uh, I think that's going to be more and more as the season goes along. And obviously, he has to earn his opportunities. and you know, sure. stays healthy. But – I really don't think he's going to be a big part of the game
1: plan. I think it's going to be a Jim Garoppolo type of offense. Rob, what about you? I'm kind of the same thing. And I would just say that it wouldn't surprise me either way, but I feel like I lean towards, I really wouldn't be surprised at all if Trey Lance didn't even play. I mean, Kyle Shanahan made a comment today about, you know, he just hopes he can suit up for the game. Um, And when you're talking about the third overall pick, a quarterback who at a moment's notice could see, could become the starter in an instant. I don't think they're going to put him out in a situation right now where it kind of feels like a luxury. Like, the 49ers have enough talent to just run an offense under Jimmy right. Garoppolo. They don't need to that the Trey Lance factor. Does it help? Of course. Because we saw in the preseason that he can just do things a little bit differently. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was just g- Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and who knows what that gives you. I've seen We've seen great games from Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen horrible games from Jimmy Garoppolo. It really is kind of a roll the dice type of thing. Um, I mean, you even saw it in the preseason. Kyle Shanahan would give him one drive. He'd go like 80 yards and it would end in an interception. I mean, I think that was his last drive um, during the preseason. So I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to give you. That in essentially is is what drove the 49ers to draft Trey Lance. Is Jimmy Garoppolo, great quarterback sometimes, terrible quarterback sometimes, and that's the inconsistency you can't really have. And then you mesh that with the injuries. So I, I it wouldn't surprise me at all, back to your question, if we don't see Trey Lance at all. And if we okay. do, it might not. I don't think it's necessarily something that defines the game type of deal. Okay. All right.
2: Let's get into these predictions. I'm going to kick it off to you, Pierre. What is the spread looking like at Ford Field Week 1? I mean, are the Lions favorites to win this game? Or is is it uh, a close spread? Like, what are we looking at right why now? Would you even
5: ask, why would you even ask
2: that? <laughs> the, the Lions are not favored.
3: Actually, the Niners are favored by 7.5 points. But as a, as a home team, um, okay. as a home don't they usually
1: team, yeah. give the home team it, like immediately three points? Yeah, we're the Lions.
5: You know this, man.
3: You know
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just because so it's really like it's really like 10
2: points. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If
3: you want to say that. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> All I'm right, actually
3: so, taking um, I'm taking the Lions plus seven and a half. OK, so I, I mean and the reason why it's, it's week one and crazy shit happens in week one. Lions are home. The crowd is there. Dan Campbell's first game. I think the crowd's going to be, like, going crazy.
2: Um,
3: I had the Lions winning a close one, 24-21.
2: Oh, you have us winning outright? I thought you just had us covering the spread. You have us winning outright. Yeah, yeah, I do. Sheesh. Okay, that, I don't even think you need a bold prediction. That's, that's bold enough for me. I mean, if you have one, go ahead. But, like, I mean, that, that's bold enough. Oh, uh, The God. bold prediction is uh, golf throws for 350 yards. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Love it. Love it.
5: Is this the cool it around?
2: Like, oh, what is man. going <laughs> That's bold, dude. You said bold, so I gave bold, you something bold. Yeah, bold, dude. That is winning outright. God. Okay. All right. Let's, let's go to Rob. Rob, what do you got here? Uh,
1: I think the 49ers, if, if it were, I were a betting man, I'd take the over. Uh, I think that they... Are going to do the damn thing. Uh, th- as of right now, they're healthy, so I'm going to I'm taking this 49ers team, and that's not a thing against the Lions. There are very few NFL teams that I would take over the 49ers if they're completely healthy. You know, I, I expect them if they're you know all in the up and up to make a playoff run. That's just the team they are when they're healthy right now. Um, I'll take the 49ers in the over. I don't know if I had to go score. I hate guessing scores. I suck at it. Maybe like a, a 35-17. Something along those lines, you okay. know. I don't. Okay. That's that's kind of where I'd go with that. The 49ers rarely score under what is it like twenty something points? KP,
5: like they 30, just
1: don't do that very often. So
5: thirty five seventeen. That's a that's an ass whooping. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beat yeah. down
1: <laughs> Hey when we jumped hey, on here Y'all hey, acted
2: like the 49ers Are going to whip that ass So I'm just kind hey, defi- of cool,
5: hey, yeah. It's definitely possible man So oh, I, ain't, I, I ain't putting I, past nobody man
2: I am a big Niners guy This year no, They drafted my guy Trey Lance And we actually made Our blue wire predictions today I had the Niners Making the Super Bowl So I had Chiefs versus Niners The rematch from two years ago but I took the chiefs to win the game. So, I mean, just some early predictions if, if that means wrong,
1: picking the chiefs in anything, man.
2: No, you can't. I mean, it's it's just that team got better, which sure. Okay. But Malcolm, what what do you got here? What's the score and uh seven and a half spread, are the lines covering the spread or do you got the, you know, what do you got here? Uh, I
5: don't don't have it. I don't have a seven and a half uh, as far as the spread, to be honest with you. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's it's tough, man. It's tough, man. Because um, if this was any other week, I would I would say, huh, we got no chance. But the right. thing is with this team right here, the the Detroit Lions team, because there's not much film out there and there's so much unknown, and I don't think um they're gonna, the, the the Niners are gonna know what we're gonna throw at them. I think we could surprise them. Um, so I actually do have the Lions winning this game. By an upset. Oh, right, too. Oh, my by goodness. an upset. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I, I have it 21-17. Um, 20,
3: uh, yeah, okay. Honest, though, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if the Niners just kill us either. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be yeah. really I mean, close, or it's going to be a blowout. Like,
5: yeah. Exactly what Pierre said. These are going to be a close game, or we're going to be like, oh... We shocked, you know. We made an upset, or it's gonna be a complete beatdown. We're like, are right, we seen this coming." It's a young team, yada yada yada. You know,
2: I could I just imagine the Lions fan base if they somehow won this game. It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be you something. It's gonna be like,
5: it's, it's gonna be like the the past where we're like, "Oh, we're going to Super Bowl," and then like, it's gonna uh, be you're gonna get the ten,
2: the ten and seven <laughs> crowd is gonna be more stronger than ever. <laughs>
5: No, so, I, I just, I just have them. I just have it like that because I think it's gonna be the element of surprise. They don't, I don't think the Niners no have like much film on the on the terrible. Lions and what they're gonna do. So that that's the reason why I have it. Sure.
2: All right, KP, what do you got here? He's on mute.
5: Yeah, you're on mute, KP.
2: <laughs> you see,
5: uh, you were already picking the Lions. So I was playing
2: thirty-one <laughs>
4: thirteen. Take
3: the Sheesh. over.
4: That was worse take than him. rob. Take the points and <laughs> take the over. This <laughs> is personal against the Lions and all Lions fans. Personal? What? So speed is an issue, and I think that's going to be the difference, as will explosive plays, as will just, you know, typical coverage bust. So I I agree with you guys when you say if the Lions do win the game, it'll be because it's a low-scoring, sloppy. Just a real week one type of game that is not going to happen. Jared Goff is the quarterback, and all evidence that we have when Goff is under center, he no longer has McVay to protect him. I just don't think it's going to go well. And then we talk about Sewell um, just being the rookie, and Bosa and Ford are going to be licking their chops. I don't think what we see from Sewell on Sunday is going to be who he is in like week eight. 12 yeah, as the yeah. season goes along
3: that, yeah. yeah so it's 100%. gonna be a
4: work in progress and this is not the defensive line that you want to have a work in progress type of games for so i think uh, when you combine all of that and you combine the inexperience um just on the defensive side of the ball i think that's where we see i'm just i guess kyle Sandon just kind of show out you know just kind of prove hey we are good and we want people to know and then we have you know the first time defense call co- uh defense coordinator as well and they are healthy right now on that side of the ball. So I think uh I think we see a, a statement type of game from the forty 31 thirty one thirteen, and I am pretty confident in that. Yeah. Come on, I mean
5: KP came give us like seventeen points. <laughs> At least so that, give us twenty. Give us twenty.
4: The issue with that is, and I talk about, you know, sustaining drives, it's so tough to do against this defense, man. I know like I, Patrick Mahomes struggled to do that. And of course, this isn't the same 2019 defense, but you know, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, like all these guys, they really don't move the ball well unless you have those big type of plays. And I don't know where those come from unless the 49ers, week one, are sloppy tackling or just have, you know, penalties, that sort of thing. Because they are really Really good tackling team. I believe they had the fewest missed tackles last year. So if you don't have the type of playmakers on offense, it's really not, you know, a defense that you're gonna have success against. So um that that's where my logic is coming from. I, I think this is just
5: not a good matchup for Detroit. So there's no chance of us at least getting seventeen.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. Don't <laughs> <messing> <laughs> Yeah.
1: I was gonna say no.
2: <laughs> no, man. Uh you just like when you when you explain the strength of your team, it's just like the complete opposite of ours. Like yeah. <laughs> good tackling, smart football plays like Man, maybe haven't seen this, that in a long time. As the season goes on, I think that could progress, obviously. But there's just too many new, you know, new pieces on this team overall, like the defense, a lot of debuts. Like our, our starting nickel corners, undrafted kid, A.J. Parker and. Shout out, know, know, <laughs> shout out to A.J. Parker. No, shout out to A.J. Parker. He earned that spot, made the roster. Congratulations. But, you know, this is just not the play call I want to verse week one. I mean, you got a lot of inexperienced guys. I really even consider this like Jeff Okuda's first year in the NFL because I really don't count what happened last year because last year was just Oof. such a crappy year for him oh. and different oh, system. So this is a new year for him. I would say this is like his rookie season, honestly. So you got a lot of, you know, new players overall. So – I have. I also have the Niners covering the spread, and I have. I also have them winning pretty big, 28-14. For the sake of me and Pierre, because we're actually attending the game, uh, like I want to make my money's worth for this ticket, and like yeah. you know, I want to get something out of it, something progressive. <laughs> so, you too, Tyler.
5: You couldn't yeah. give us at least 17 points? <laughs> Everybody.
2: <laughs> give me my 17 <laughs> points,
5: damn
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't even I mean our kicker right now is Austin Cyber. I mean, if we had Prater, I'd maybe give it the 17 but Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Problem.
5: That's not good. That's not a good that's not we a good. We have look. a
2: kicking problem too right
1: now. So yeah. like we didn't really talk oh, about shoot. that. But we have a problem. Wasn't dog. there a point where the Lions had no kicker? Was that the
5: Lions?
2: Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, us. Yeah,
5: yeah we we, <laughs> we um our fit no no kicker made a fifty three.
2: Yeah, no Original o-
5: original 53. That's how we yeah. that's how we roll around here.
1: Yeah. Hey man, go for two. Go for two. The, there's for plenty that, of right? analytics to back that up. Just go
3: for two. Can't put joke, he's gonna go for have two. Have somebody
2: else just, just boot the kickoff, do what they can do.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so
2: so I, I got twenty eight fourteen. Uh as far as a bold prediction. Sheesh. Um I'll say Trey Lance comes into the game. And throws two passing, t- or you'll he, have two touchdowns overall. So maybe like a rushing aspect or a passing touchdown. So I think Trey Lance gets involved somewhat in this game and he has two touchdowns. Okay. So, I, uh, we'll,
1: I like we'll, it.
2: We'll, yes. Wait, wait,
1: is it my turn? Yeah, go yeah. You guys yeah, we'll, can go with it. Okay. Bold, um, Brandon Ayuk still gives Jeff Okuda a rough set start to his second year. That's I'll okay. go a buck. That's
5: not, bold. That's not bold. a buck.
1: 75 that's, that's and two bold. touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk.
5: That's not no, bold. That is bold. What's that, Touchdowns. On, but, but who's it on?
1: I, I don't care. Whoever you want, <laughs> Detroit. It's on Detroit.
5: It's on that's Jeff That's bold. very possible. Well, God damn it. All. That's no. very possible.
1: I, <laughs> I, Welcome, I, I, as you were Kuda. saying, not bold. I was going to say a buck fifty, but you kept yelling, "I'm not, I'm not bold." So I just changed one seventy five.
2: You
5: changed it on the fly. That's awesome.
3: Hey, no, has anyway, been Like, that's what they've been saying about him. So we'll see how he looks.
2: If you want to do both prediction here.
4: Uh, I think Fred Warner has an interception and a sack in the same game.
3: Is
5: that bold? Is that...
4: I feel like
2: you, I'll give it to you because you're a guest and like you know we're just, we're just like, oh, we're <laughs> But usually, no, we wouldn't give that to you. But I'll give yeah, that. Yeah,
5: to we wouldn't give that because that's that's something that's probably gonna most likely happen.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, you mentioned <laughs> Jared Goff struggles versus this defense. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. So, Malcolm, what's your bold prediction? You don't have one either.
5: Um. Shoot. I'll His say bold uh, prediction is the Lions score 17. 17 <laughs> points. Let's <laughs> go, man.
2: <Minnesota's> winning too. <laughs> <laughs>
5: um I- I'll say I'll say Swift. DeAndre Swift um scores all of our touchdowns this game.
1: Okay. oh I like, I like it. I like yeah. that um, a lot. My
4: my bold one would be – I mean, I don't know. Everything that I say, I feel like – because it's happened, so it's not really like bold. Like I was <laughs> going to say Mostert has like an 80-plus-yard touchdown, but he did that in the first two games last year. So, okay, so yeah, let's how,
5: say, how, about, how about we say this? How about we say Mostert has two 80-yard touchdowns? Hey, man, I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> That's bold, right? That, there we go. Yeah.
2: I, well, I like it. This was a lot more depressing than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to have a good time, just talk some football, you know. It, maybe <laughs> yes. the life surprised some people, but it just didn't really end up going that way. Pierre, yeah. do you have
1: another one? Like, you, your score was bold, but do you have another one?
3: You want another bold prediction? Um, Jimmy G throws four picks.
1: Whoa. Hey man, Yes. I didn't even I didn't even in, inhale when you said that, bro. It, it, <laughs> yeah, I was just that. actually, in practice,
2: that happens all the time. <laughs> that I mean,
5: that you is true. I would read about that.
2: Would you, would you guys be shocked by the end of the game if you combine the quarterback stats? There's seven plus interceptions. It wouldn't shock me. No, it wouldn't. I, yeah, seven? no, it
1: wouldn't.
3: Come, come on. on. Yeah, yeah the hell on. that would shock me. That's the hell, brutal, man. That's That means one
5: quarterback lot. has to throw four and one has to throw <laughs> three. What the hell? I mean, you guys were expecting five? a
2: bunch of, of battles, so, I mean, you know. I think you got, both coaches can't... would shut it down before we both got there. We For see right. a lot of Trey. We'll see a lot of run running. For yes. Right. Well, all right. Well, I would love to say this was fun. It was fun. I mean. This is great. It, it, yeah, it was fun. But a lot of shit talking to our Lions, which. You know, it, it's going to be expected when we do more of these throughout the season. I th- I thought I was
1: pretty admirable. No, you, you, you were.
2: were. You you're were <laughs> great. man. You guys were fair. You guys were fair. I'm, I'm just... not
1: going to apologize for that,
4: by
2: the way. Even, <laughs> even though KP didn't
5: want to give us the 17 points, but it's all right. Still on. It's all good.
2: <laughs> Overall, I'm just excited. The NFL season's back. Obviously, like you know, even though the lines are rebuilding the season and the win loss expectation is. Not really high this year for the Lions, but I'm just excited. We, we got NFL football back, real meaningful NFL football back this week. Lions, Niners, week one, Ford Field. I'm just excited because last year, obviously, we didn't get to attend, you know, you know, attend games last year because COVID and, you know, we had 0% fans outside of friends and family. So I'm excited, man. You know, it's going to be a packed house at Ford Field. And me and Peter are going to be in attendance for that game. So I can't wait. And, you know, with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed this collab with the striking gold podcast, go check them out. If you guys are a Niners fan, obviously. And if you guys are just interested in keeping up with the Niners this season, like I'm going to be keeping up with you guys because I'm interested to see how Trey Lance does this year. So I want to hear you guys' thoughts and analysis throughout the season. And obviously if you guys are a Niners fan and you guys are listening to us, you know, give us some sympathy. You know, we are not expecting much from this line season. Just listen to us. I mean, it, it, it will take that instead of the wins losses right now. So. Well, if I'm I can, out.
1: if I can, before we sign off, if I could leave you with some positivity. Okay, let's hear it. The 49ers were in 2017, they were six and they were they were a hard six and ten. You know, that could have been worse. And within two years of going six and ten, being the dumpster of the division, and brand new head coach, brand new GM, uh, they were in the Super Bowl. Now we're not gonna say that's like the that would say that's common, but it definitely can happen. You know, like we'll see what's going on over there in Detroit. Obviously, they know that they need to turn things around, but Things can change really, 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 really quickly in the NFL. We see worst-to-first teams happen all the time. Oh, yeah. sure. So, uh, you know, if, if that's – we're only a couple of years – a few years removed from the Niners being absolutely terrible. So, uh, you know, just a little bit of positivity oh, for yeah. Detroit fans. It could and, it could turn around quick. Yeah, and our pod too.
0: The
4: draft class is, was very good for the Lions too. If you look at the 49ers' 2017 roster – Uh, A lot of practice squad players, a lot of guys who you would think should not be on an NFL field. It's night and day today, but they did that by bringing in young talent and developing young talent. So the fourth round pick that you guys are talking about, one of my buddies, uh, Justice Miskater, who writes for the Packers, uh, he loved him during the draft process and he's been hyping him up all preseason. So uh, getting athletes on the defensive side of the ball works. Who knew? So it sounds like you have a GM that understands what he's doing. So I would say that is something to look forward to
2: yeah you know JP? yeah i think overall as our podcast too like we keep it pretty optimistic for like the whole long term of this you know what the lines are trying to build but you know we're just expecting a pretty rough year and you guys mentioned yeah. it too it wasn't a good year for you guys year one and like there's gonna be growing pains and that's what we expect and like this is just not a good matchup for the lines this week and it's just that's why I, I took the niners to cover and i took them to cover pretty big
1: did you see that? Did you guys see that speech from Jerry Jones in the first episode of Hard Knocks? I don't know if you guys are watching it. I didn't. Where, he, where he talks about it. just how much, uh, how it's a better world to be naive and to be positive. And like, it really spoke to me. I was like, man, there's there's something to be said in that. Like, you might not be realistic. You might not be negative. But if you can find a way to be positive, it's just a happier way to to go about your business. So right, I would I would definitely say that's a way to go about it because you just never know what's going to happen. Definitely. Yeah, take your wins, man.
4: Take your wins when you can. If you guys have the young players developing, if you see positive signs from them, those are wins because those will add up two years down the line.
3: Yeah, that's what we have talked about in the show. We don't really care about the wounds or loss. We just want to see players like in week one. They're like not that good. But in week eight, week nine, they're developing. They're coming along. That's what we want to see. Per- yeah. So.
2: Right. Love it. Oh, well, again. You know, th- th- We just got a nice speech from some Niner guys giving us some hope for the lions fan base. <laughs> hey, yeah,
1: t- we're both coaches, man. We're all about
2: speeches. We're all about oh, Man, it, it, hit awesome. me. it hit me. So you guys gave me some optimism going forward now. You know what? The Lions are going to win this game now. I- I'm feeling optimistic. stop. All right, guys. We're out. Peace. Hope you guys all enjoyed. All right, guys. I'm, I'm out. out. Peace.
6: mypatriotsupply.com